What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to the very first ever Lynch with a Leader podcast, where I'll sit down with some of America's greatest leaders and find out how they have led with their faith out in front. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike Lynch, and it's my honor to be on this leadership journey with you. We're all trying to figure out how to be the best leaders that we can be so we can be the leaders that God created us to be. I've always wondered what I could learn if I could sit down for a lunch with these amazing people. So instead of me sitting down with them, we decided to pull up a chair for all of us to ask the questions we've always wanted to know so we can be the spiritual leaders that we were created to be. Today, we get to kick off Lynch with a Leader with Jason Romano. Jason served 17 years at the ESPN, a worldwide leader in sports, and is an executive producer of shows such as SportsCenter, Monday Night Football, The Mike and Mike Morning Show, Sunday NFL Countdown, College Game Day, the College Basketball Final Four, MLB Home Run Derby, and MLB All-Star Game, and many, many other things that we've all watched many times. In 2004, Jason won an Emmy for his work. But this past year, Jason stepped from the studio to go behind the mic to lead the Sports Spectrum podcast and magazine. Quite a journey he's been on with lots of lessons for each of us. Let's take a time and sit and listen in to my meeting with Jason. Well, Jason, it is an honor to have you as a guest today on Lynch with a Leader. Mike, thank you for having me. Really appreciate the time and I'm excited to talk to you. Give us a little bit of the background, Jason, on your journey and what's gotten you to the point that you're in right now. Well, I, I grew up in upstate New York, around Albany area, uh, capital of New York State. And as a kid, loved sports, always I mean, I I mean, that's all I I really was engulfed in sports. I played it, I watched it. Uh, I read the newspaper every morning. That was the first thing that I would, my brothers and I would fight over the sports page to see the box score from the, the night before his games and, and, and just loved it. Like that was a sports nerd uh, on every level. And then when I got to high school, started thinking about colleges, I realized that this could be an area that you could actually go to college for, not necessarily sports, but for broadcasting. And I was never the best athlete. I thought I was an okay athlete, but never the best to where I thought I could do anything in that world. So the next best thing was to talk about sports and broadcast it. So I specifically looked for colleges that had broadcasting programs, went to those colleges. I went to a, a two-year community college and then a four-year university in New York and got my degree and, and literally just engulfed myself in learning as much as I could about uh, broadcasting, about college. College was a great experience for me because I really felt like I had the choice of what I was going to study and learn about. So I could choose to study and learn about broadcasting and radio and television and audio. And it was great. And this is in the mid to late 90s. So it was a different time as far as technology goes to where we are now and today. And the fact that we're even doing this podcast is, yep. is you know, testament to that. But uh, it was just something I always wanted to do was broadcasting. And so got my degree, uh, fortunate enough to get a job right out of college when I was 23, I guess I was, three months after I graduated, working at a local radio station uh, in my hometown of Albany, New York, and did that for three years, worked in local radio, and then was blessed and amazingly 
in some ways shocked to get a job uh, at ESPN, uh, which people call it a dream job, and it really was a dream job, but I, 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 my, my mind didn't dream that big. I didn't yeah. think that I could ever dream uh, of getting a job at the worldwide leader in sports, but I was thankful and, and, and blessed to do that, and so I got that job and worked there for 17 years, and it was a, it was a fun journey, a great journey. You know, and I, I know on your last day on the Mike and Mike show, they, they used this quote about you. They said, he has a great passion for sports, but an even greater passion for his faith. An incredible person who can leave what he's done for so long because he feels he has another calling. Talk to me a little bit about that other calling that you walked through in your journey and sort of how you've ended up where you are now, leaving ESPN and stepping out in faith. Tell me a little bit about that, that experience you walked through. Yeah, so uh, faith-wise, and my background on that a little bit, became a Christian in 2001 on Mother's Day of all days, and that was a time when I was 27, almost 28 years old, and didn't grow up really with a great faith background. I went to church occasionally, Easter and Christmas, grew up going to the Catholic church with my grandpa, grandfather quite a bit, but really didn't have any kind of foundation or any kind of understanding of who Jesus was, what salvation was, uh, what what that cross meant and what that moment meant on Calvary. So when, you know, I got to ESPN and I'm kind of so focused on my job and everything, I loved it. It was great. And then somewhere uh, a couple years ago or so, uh, my faith has, has obviously grown and deepened over the years. And somewhere around 2015, I got invited to go speak at a uh, social media conference in Nashville, Tennessee. This was two years ago, July of 2015. And I was the only person there who worked for a secular company. Wow. And for ESPN, obviously. The other people that were working there were from churches, nonprofits, uh, Christian companies, book companies, people like Compassion and Focus on the Family, people like that. And... I suddenly realized when I was there that there are people doing what I'm doing, which at the time I was a social media director, social media manager at ESPN, that there were people doing what I'm doing, but doing it for a greater purpose, doing it for the Lord. And most of these people were younger than myself. They were in their 20s and 30s, but it really opened my eyes to the idea that maybe God wanted me to take all the skills and the you know, the things I've learned from the past 20 years in broadcasting and use it more for his glory. Now, could I be a witness and example at ESPN and shine a light there? Absolutely. And that's what I tried to do for the last 10 years or so was I understand that God had planted me right here at ESPN for a purpose and a reason. And that I was to bloom where I was planted. I've told this story a few times. So that was definitely a focus. But all of a sudden, God was really stirring in my spirit and my heart the opportunity or the idea to, to at least, you know, I believe we, we, as Christians, we need to listen as much as we need to read and as much as we need to fellowship and talk and pray. A lot of it is listening to the spirit inside of you. And I believe that I had to spend some time there, a good few months, really just listening to the spirit and trying to understand what he was doing inside of me, because I felt this stirring, this calling to really just to do more for the Lord. And I didn't know what that meant exactly, but that was kind of the wording that I would tell my wife and tell my friends. And, and it all birthed from that conference, that social media conference, where I saw people doing the things that I do every day at ESPN, but doing it 
in really trying to just spread the word, spread the name of Jesus to as many people through these outlets. So really kind of dawned on me that this might be somewhere or someplace that I might want to think about going. What I mean by that is ministry. So a couple months later, I get connected with a guy who works for a sports and faith ministry called Pro Athletes Outreach. And they, at the time, did not own Sports Spectrum. They do now. And that's kind of foreshadowing where I'm going with this story. But in 2015, at the end of 2015, I connected with the people who, who oversee that ministry. They invited me out to one of their conferences and just started talking to them a little bit. And this all, again, this all birthed from the idea of wanting to do more for the Lord. So really what I spent time doing was trying to connect with people in this world, this sort of faith world, leadership world, talking to mentors, getting, building relationships was all I was doing. I wasn't looking for jobs or looking for specific, you know, uh, openings that people had. I was just trying to build relationships and talk to people. And through that, I met um, the team from Pro Athletes Outreach. They invited me out to the conference and I was just stunned at how amazingly cool an opportunity this might be to work with a professional sports faith ministry that was connecting my world of sports and my other world of faith together. And I was like, okay, this is where I got to be, Lord. You got me. Let's go. It wasn't time. And I remember coming back from that in uh, the, I guess it was December or January of 2000, December of 2015, January of 2016. And I come back to my wife and I tell her, I really think God is calling me to go work for this company. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm just like, 100 miles an hour, ready to roll here. And my wife just stops and pauses and she goes, wait a minute now, let's look at this. And this is one thing, beautiful things about wives, if you have them guys, is they kind of paint, they look at the broad picture. We're like tunnel vision down the road and let's go. And our wives kind of say, wait a minute. And it's, it's wisdom. I really believe that it's wisdom that, that God provides to our wives to just kind of slow us down a minute and look at the big picture. And I didn't see it, but she saw it. She's like, it's not time yet. And she just did not have this, this really comfortable um, feeling inside her spirit to, to make the move. She wasn't ready for it yet. She's like, it's not time. And she knew that it, my heart, my passion was to potentially go here and go into ministry, but she just knew it wasn't time. So I spent that last year at ESPN uh, working with Mike and Mike and just having as much fun as I could. And at the same time, trusting God. I really believe there's an idea, Mike, of or a thought process of being patient, but also being an active patience versus a passive patience. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I was, I was trying to be actively patient in pursuing God, but also understanding that his plan is perfect. And I didn't know when that sort of was going to come to fruition with leaving ESPN, but I knew that if this was what God has birthed inside my spirit, it's going to happen. It was just a matter of when, and patience is very hard for people. It was hard for me. It's hard for my wife. It's hard for most people in general because we want it and we want it now. We want this microwavable, instantaneous thing to happen in our lives. And so I learned over that last year of 2016 what patience was really all about. Sorry, this story is going so long, but there's so many layers to it. Um, but we're in a podcast, right? So yeah, that, that's all we've got, baby. It's time. Absolutely. <laughs> So at the end of 2016, probably October uh, of last year, I get a call back from the people from Pro Athletes Outreach as we reconnect. And they tell me that they had purchased and acquired Sports Spectrum. 
and I remember Sports Spectrum as, you know, I, I read their magazines. I, I actually met the previous people who owned and, and ran Sports Spectrum and kind of had conversations with them years ago, just learning what they're doing. And when I heard it, I was like, well, that's exciting news. And he's like, this is our plan for you. And I said, your plan, what do you mean? And their plan in their eyes was to have me come aboard if I was ready and help run their website sportspectrum.com and put content on there and then they came to me and said we really want you to be a part of a sports and faith podcast and that's when my eyes lit up I said a podcast I said I gotta tell you this is what's been on my heart for over a year now is being a part of a podcast you know intersecting sports and faith I know how audio works I know how to get good content out there I think I have good connections in the industry both faith and sports, I think we can really do something special here. And they said, yeah, we want you to host it. And I laughed at them right on the phone, Mike. I said, host it. I said, I've been behind the scenes for 20 years. I said, I, I can produce it. I can make it, you know, a strategy for social media. I can edit it for you. I can get the guests for you. I said, but you want me to host it? And they were like, yeah, we believe that you're qualified. You're, you, you know, you've been set, you know, God has set you up for such a time as this. and you know, you've worked with some of the best interviewers in the business, in the industry, uh, with between Chris Berman and Bob Lee and Mike Greenberg and some of the best out there. You know how to interview a person. So we want you to think about doing this. So that really was like the, the last kind of like confirmation from the Lord was this podcast. So again, I went back out to their conference. We had conversations. I went back to my wife and my wife was like, it's time. But we also uh, weren't ready to move. So right now I'm, I'm working out of my house in Connecticut still, right outside of ESPN and, and visiting out to Colorado where Sports Spectrum is based uh, every month or so. And it's been a good marriage so far. I'm really enjoying it. The podcast has been amazing to do and a lot of fun and uh, challenging at the same time. But, you know, we've had a, a ton, of, ton of people been listening so far, more than I ever expected. And so far, the feedback's been good. So, yeah, it's been quite the journey. What's been the best part of that? And what's been the hardest part of that? You know, anytime that God taps us on the shoulder and leads us out, there's always some then goods that go with it and some bads that go with it. What's What's been the best part of it? And what's been the hardest part of it for you? Well, the best part, I think, um, has been just how how amazing God has blessed me. You know, I took a almost 50% pay cut to leave ESPN. And, uh, you know, when you initially look at that, it's like, and money isn't the reason why I would leave. I mean, it certainly shouldn't be the reason anyone ever leaves to go into ministry. You know, you're doing it because of a heart to serve people and to, to ultimately serve the Lord. But God has been so faithful in, uh, you know, taking care of us. And I'm not saying this abundance of money or finances has come in, but just that was our biggest concern, I think, from a flesh perspective was, how are we going to be able to afford to pay our bills still and yeah. all that stuff? And my wife does work full time as well, but God has taken care of all that. Mm -hmm. And we really haven't had any issues. Uh, it's been about six months or so now, and we really haven't had any issues yet. Uh, and I'm not saying they won't come, but just God has taken care. I think when we serve the Lord and our heart is, is really focused on doing his will, he's going to take care of it one way or the other. And, um, hard for some people to hear because that doesn't automatically mean you're going to get blessed with an abundance of, you know, uh, cash in front of you, but he's faithful and he takes care of it. So that's really been the best part about it. Uh, certainly, you know, when you're doing a podcast on faith and sports and interviewing some of the 
you know, most prominent people in the business or sports or faith and, and being able to hear their stories like that is amazing as well and, and so cool to do. But I think just from an overarching standpoint, the blessings that God has rained down, even in just the few months that I've been out uh, from ESPN has been really cool to see. Uh, the hardest part, I think, is along the lines of that, knowing, like I said, we, I'm, I'm wired in a way where I want to know where I'm going, where it's going to end up, and let's go. Let's just get in the car and, and go. And the hardest part in this journey is not is knowing that the journey isn't even really fully defined yet. You know, that's the hardest part. And knowing where this will be, Mike, in a year. Where will the yeah. podcast be? Where will I be? Where will Sports Spectrum be? Where will opportunities to speak and share my story be? Um, I'm writing a book that comes out at the end of this year. And what's going to happen with that? I have no idea. One person may read it, uh, and that's great. Or, uh, you know, who knows how many? And just so... I, I really don't know what God has, has planned. And that's the hardest thing is, is just kind of trusting in, in the process here of knowing that he's in control. Um, it's not hard to put my faith and trust in God. It's hard to wait on the Lord, I think, and see where it's taken you. So that's probably been the hardest part, um, you know, and, and working, not working with a team every day, you know, in person, when you do that for 20 years at a business or an industry like ESPN is placed in, uh, you know, there's 7,000 people <laughs> that are walking the walls of ESPN every day in Bristol, Connecticut. And right now I'm sitting in, in my spare bedroom with a, with a computer <laughs> and a printer. Like that's my life now. So that's hard too. Uh, I miss, you know, being around people, but I, I make a, a really concerted effort every day to try and connect with one person, have breakfasts a couple times a week and meet with people. And it's allowed me to um, stay in the realm of just communicating and networking with different people. But that's the hardest part, I think. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, and it's, it's that hard part when God taps, we know he has something, figuring out what that is, how we're going to get there. And then through all that, that trust that's developed, that, that will push the buttons, man. There's no doubt. So, so in your interviews, and I've heard a lot of your interviews, Jason, they're amazing. And Thank you. I, I've got a huge sports background, love, love sports like you. Um, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned from one of your guests on your show? What's something that somebody you're in the middle of an interview and somebody said something that you said, man, that was, that was like a word from the Lord for me. What, what's something that stood out from some of your interviews? Man, there's so many of them, I think, because that's been the great part about the podcast is every person we've interviewed whether it's an athlete or whether it's a broadcaster or an author or just, you know, regular people who've gone through an amazing um, journey is I learned something from each interview. Now I'll give you an example from an interview we did with uh, a lady named Katie Lentz, who is a 23 year old um, young lady who works in New York uh, for major league baseball, but we didn't talk about her job in the entire interview. She has this amazing story of, of uh, overcoming uh, probably the worst car accident I think I've ever heard somebody going through and still surviving. And we just talked about her journey and her faithfulness with the Lord. And um, she had this thing where when she was laying in her car upside down, hoping that somebody would come and help her as she's trying to survive, she remembers saying, I need to pray out loud. I need to pray out loud. And 
So listening to her tell her story, it really resonated with me that yes, it's, it's, it's important and the, the Bible says to go in your quiet place and pray to me. And a lot of times I think we pray, you know, inside our spirit where we're praying, we might close our eyes and just kind of whisper it or whatever. But I learned from her that, man, we just got to open our mouths sometimes and just declare it and pray it. Um, so uh, a real sort of simple and in some ways obvious thing maybe for a lot of Christians. But for me, it was just like, wait a minute, sometimes I just got to stop, open my mouth and say, Jesus, you're awesome. Lord, Lord, help me here. God, what are you trying to do? Like speaking it, audibly talking it out loud, whether anybody's in the room or not. So that was a really great lesson. There was another lesson I learned from uh, another person on the show, I'm trying to remember their names. Uh, oh, Kathy and Brian Haugen are their names. And, and again, these aren't famous people, which is really, those are my favorite interviews is when we talk to people who everybody doesn't know because you're learning about them. You know, we have pre-arranged thoughts, I think, a lot of times on the certain athletes that we interview and, and different famous people or whatever. But when I talk to the people who I don't know, that's my favorite because I get to hear stories and get to learn about people. Uh, just like the person who's listening does. And Brian and Kathy Haugen lost their 14-year-old son, uh, Taylor, um, while he was playing high school football. On the field, he died. And they, had, they talked about in their story how they were able to overcome the loss of their child and not really overcome it, but just cope with it and why faith in Jesus Christ was so important to them. And I remember uh, uh, Mike saying... Uh, or sorry, Brian, Brian Haugen saying to me that, because I ask every guest on the show, what, have, what has God been teaching you right now? That's my last question I ask on every podcast. And his answer really blew me away. He said, God is teaching me to take captive of my thoughts before I even think of them. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, even before I pray, I'm praying to God, I guess that's weird to say, to take captive of my prayers before I pray them so that they come from him and not from me, to take captive of my thoughts, to take captive of my words before I say them, before I even think them. And that really opened my mind to like, wow, I, I, I never looked at it that way. I never thought about it that way. And this guy's not a minister. This guy's not a preacher or a pastor. He's not even a famous athlete or anybody like that with a large amount of influence. He's just a dad who has a job, who works his butt off every day, uh, served in our country for us uh, for many years. And uh, what a word. I mean, it, and that's stuck with me for, for months now. It's just, Lord, take captive of my thoughts because my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. The word says that. So what amazing, uh, just a word that, of encouragement and a word of knowledge and, and wisdom from this person who I don't even know. Uh, so it's moments like that, Mike, that have been really encouraging to me doing this podcast. Certainly hearing stories from famous athletes are awesome. But like these guys, these gals who aren't famous and have just an amazing testimony and an amazing story, and then getting a, a, a word directly from the Lord through them has been really neat. That's awesome. You know, and it's funny, it's like sports in the sense you never stop learning. And I think we, we said this, I was at yes. a camp just the other day, and the, the more you know, the less you know. Yeah. And the more you begin to grow in it, gosh, over these years, you've been growing in it. You start to find out, God, I will never reach the end of it. I'm never yeah. going to get to that point where I've got this whole game figured out. And there's so all true. Yeah. There's always, so true. there's always something to learn. What, what does Jesus mean to you when, when you, I know you've been in that growth process over these years. 
if you were to have bumped into somebody in the hallways at ESPN or out at the PAO conference or, and they were to say, man, what does Jesus mean to you? What would you say? Gosh, I would just use the word everything, you know, and it's, it's funny because, you know, when I found out about Jesus and I accepted him into my heart, it was about a year process before I truly understood what the decision I made was and what salvation truly meant. It was like a year. It wasn't this radically saved instantaneous thing that happened in my life back in 2001. But the more I read, and it's funny that you say that you keep learning because, you know, I've been really focused in the past year on devotionals in the morning, reading my Bible set every day, 20 minutes. Like I have this plan and I've been following it since January. First time I've really ever read the Bible or trying to read the Bible in a year. I feel like I've read the entire Bible but I've never done it in a full year. And even today, reading uh, from Second Chronicles about the story of Solomon, I've really never dove deep into a lot of the Old Testament stories. And I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, God, you're just revealing to me how amazing you are through this story that I know I've read, I know I've heard, and yet it's still fresh and brand new. <sighs> to answer your question, I know I kind of veered off there. He means everything. Like the sacrifice, what he what he did on this earth, um, the unending love, the unfailing love, that's a word that's been on my mind and my heart for a long time now, what, what Jesus did at that cross and how we examine love, right? And we think about love and what love means and who we love in our life and the sports teams that we love and the families that we love and the people that we love. And yet there's always something in that love that fails because we're not perfect. We're, we're born in sin. We have, uh, you know, a flesh that eats away at us sometimes and just kind of takes captive of us. But everything that Jesus did, he was sinless. He was blameless. He, this failing, this love was unfailing. How can you have an unfailing love? Is that even possible? And I just think about that and I'm, it just gets me so, uh, not emotional, but just so thankful, so grateful that he came to die for all of us, but he came to die for me. And that's a thing that's hard to grasp sometimes, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for the world. But yet it's such a personal relationship with that I have with my savior. That's amazing. It's, and it's hard to grasp. It's hard. A lot of times it's hard to explain. You know, people will ask me, you know, about my faith, why is it so important, whatever. And I'm like, all I can tell you is what God has done for me, what Jesus has done for me. I can tell you what he's done for you too, but you have to experience that for yourself. You have to grasp that. You have to search for yourself. You have to really um, kind of dive in and figure it out. But I can tell you what he's done for me. And he's changed my life. He's changed my mindset, my thoughts, my actions. Do I still struggle? Am I still a mess? Absolutely. And that's the whole idea of dying to yourself daily. That's the whole idea of taking up your cross and following him. That's the whole idea of new mercies every single day. And that's when you just shake your head and be like, man, I don't deserve this. I can't believe somebody would give me this second chance every single day of my life, but that's what he's done. He's given us all this second chance at life. How, how does that relationship, and especially and what I love about that, Jason, that growing relationship, I can tell that that's, a, that's one of those things that's in process, that working out, you know, as Paul talks about in Philippians, that working out your salvation. How has that affected how you lead while you were still in secular media and even in what you're doing now? How has that relationship with Christ affected 
the way you lead, not only corporately, but also spiritually for your wife and your daughter, teenage daughter? How, how has that affected you? Well, in the beginning, I really, it really didn't because I, I really had an identity crisis in the beginning, even though I was a Christian. Um, you know, my identity wasn't in Jesus. My identity was in my job and who I was. Uh, you know, it was very focused on ESPN. And it's easy. I can see it happens to a lot of us where, especially when you work for a large corporation and you're there, you know, it becomes who you are. It consumes you in a lot of ways. So it, in the beginning, it really didn't, uh, it didn't dawn on me that I could actually lead and learn how to lead through my faith and through what the Bible teaches and what Jesus did. Um, recently, recently, maybe in the last five years, I've really started to learn more about leadership, read more books on leadership, servant leadership. Now that word servant leadership never entered my lexicon in my entire life until I probably hit 40 years old. And all of a sudden, everywhere I'm reading, especially from books from a faith perspective, even John, John Maxwell's books, um, and I know John is a devout Christian, but he doesn't write from a Christian writing perspective, if that makes sense. He just writes from a leadership perspective. But all of his principles are biblical principles. It's servant leadership. It's others focused. It's loving others. It's serving others. And I read this book called The Carpenter by a guy named John Gordon. And John has become actually a friend and a mentor. And he was down in your area, in Georgia, in that area for a long time. And John uh, wrote this book, The Carpenter. And it's a parable about this guy who is trying to lead well. And the carpenter comes in and teaches him the teaches him the process or the ideology or the words of simply loving, serving, and caring. And I remember when I read that, it was like some, it was like I got, you know, hit on the right side of my head by Rocky Balboa. It just, whoa, that was, it was, it just opened my eyes in a way that I'd never understood. And it's such a simple concept and we miss it, so many of us. And John's teaching has really showed me that I can bring that into the workplace. I can love and serve and care for my employees. I can bring that in, the, in my house and love and serve and care for my wife and daughter. And certainly you want to love and serve and care them, but for truly serving, how is that being a leader? Well, that's where I really didn't understand. I'm like, when I serve, I feel like I'm doing, I'm not leading, but you are, you're leading by example. You're leading by how you're putting others first. You're leading by caring for them and it's relationships. It really is, Mike. And so that's really what the biggest thing for me I've learned is servant leadership, being you know available to love and to care for others and to put others first, not your agenda, but theirs. And I had experiences at ESPN, both good and bad with bosses who loved, served, and cared for me and others who loved, served, and cared for ESPN. And they, and that's great. You should care for your job, but they lost focus, I think, on the people underneath them that they were trying to lead. And in the process, um, you know, conflict took place and it just wasn't a good mix, a good, a, good, a good thing. And it really has dawned on me since even leaving ESPN and sort of leading myself in a lot of ways because I'm here on my own in my house now working from the home is, is continuing that servant leadership model building relationships with people, loving and serving, even from afar. How can I help you? How can I get on the phone with you and, and, and encourage you? Uh, how can I help you, you know, even with the consulting that I've been doing, um, I look at that as servant leadership, as helping others, you know, and yes, there's transactions and, and certainly, you know, people are, are paying for a service, if you will, but 
I don't look at it like that. I look at it as an opportunity to build a relationship and serve and help someone in their walk. And if they stopped paying me and we, we sort of severed the relationship or whatever, well, I'm still friends with that person. And I'm still going to help them and love them and serve them. So that's really been my focus is this ser servant leadership uh, model. And it, you know, it stems from Jesus. That's what he did. That's how he modeled his life. He served others. He loved and cared for others. So it's been really cool. That is so good. You know, and John does such a great job making simple stories, teach some incredible truths. Unbelievable. And, uh, man, John, John's gotten to be a good friend. In fact, we'll have him on one of our podcasts and hosted him when he and Mike Smith came out with their new book. I hosted their book premiere here awesome. at our church. Yeah, it was awesome because I knew Coach Smith pretty well and getting to hear John and his passion and how he comes to write his books. Every time you read one, you're like, why didn't I do that? That is, that, that's not complicated, but it is so good. Let me ask you this question, Jason. We'll get ready sure. to wrap up here in a second. Yep. When all is said and done and somebody is talking about Jason Romano and they are describing you and they're saying, man, this is what this guy meant. What do you want him to say about you? Uh, it's going to sound like I'm echoing, uh, words we just spoke, but I hope that they would say that I loved and served, uh, in a way that was, um, something that they could model in their own lives. I hope that they can say that I really cared about others. Um, I hope they could first say that I cared about the Lord, that my faith was the central foundation of who I was. And, you know, that hasn't always been the case. And, but I hope if it's weird because you don't, I'll say this, Mike, when I left ESPN, um, it was weird because it was like, like I had died in some ways, you know, and you're at your own funeral listening to eulogies from people because you don't have that happen too often in life when you hear, uh, maybe it's at a 50th birthday and people stand up or whatever, or opportunities, you know, a going away party for, for someone if they move away. But with ESPN, I was, I was overwhelmed with the amount of people that reached out and, and, some of them just saying thank you. A lot of people I didn't know, which was very strange, but very cool at the same time. But certainly the relationships that I built and the people I worked with over the years, you know, just hearing and from people who weren't Christians too, hearing from people who were just like, you know, this guy really cared about other people. This guy really helped when he didn't need to help. Um, that's kind of the model that I try to try to live by. Um, and it's a, it's a tough it's tough to balance that. I really feel I struggle with the idea of putting yourself out there. Like I'm active on social media and that's one thing, but I'm talking about like, even just from the idea of speaking and Mike, I want to do more speaking and opportunities yeah. to share, but how do I tell people I'm interested in coming to your church and speak? Like that's just so conceited in my mind. Like you're put, you're touting yourself, you're putting your chest yeah. out and saying, look at me, here I am. Um, so I struggle with that and even just struggling with the idea of people saying nice things about me. I really do appreciate it. And it's always a good feeling when people, um, you know, have things to say nice about you, but I, I struggle with the idea of sort of accepting those type of things. But I think what I would love to hear, you know, if I'm standing there on a fly on the wall at my own funeral someday, I would love to hear that he genuinely cared about others and he genuinely cared about the Lord. I think that's really what it comes down to. And hopefully everything else kind of fell into place from that. But those are the two things that I really hope people will take away. That's awesome. And I, and just our small bit of time and corresponding back and forth, 
that's probably exactly what they'll say. And I think that comes through in everything and in your podcast, in your interviews. So tell everybody, Jason, how to keep up with you. Where, where can they find you out uh, in the podcast world? Where can they subscribe? And, and if you're not listening to Sports Spectrum and you're a sports fan, or even if you're not a sports fan, do yourself a favor because a lot goes on behind the scenes in these guys' lives you may not know. Tell them how to find you and tell us a little bit about the book you've got coming out. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Mike. Well, first of all, the podcast, you're definitely right on that. I even had a guy who I work with at my church tell me he does not like sports at all. And he's like, I decided to listen to your podcast. And I, I kept listening. I, I listened to four or five in a row. And I'm like, really, what did you think? And he's like, tremendous. And his answer or the reason was because they're stories. They're storytelling. You don't have to know anything about the person or anything about sports to I think get something out of these podcasts. So definitely the podcast, it's called Sports Spectrum. Uh, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are found, even some places I found out yesterday on Twitter uh, that our podcast is on these apps that I've never heard of that people listen to podcasts on and I don't know how they got there. So it's wonderful. I mean, I, I kind of know how they got there, but I didn't know that they existed. So we're really everywhere, which has been tremendous to see. Um, so Sports Spectrum uh, and SportsSpectrum.com is you can read a lot of the articles and, and different uh, pieces of content that I'm writing and putting on their website every day. Um, for myself and sort of the other venture of speaking and, and writing and things that you mentioned in my book, um, all of that is for the most part at JasonRomano22.com. That's my website. Uh, plus on Twitter, you can reach me at Jason Romano. On Facebook, you can reach me at Jason Romano 22. And those places are just places where I try to connect with people, stay in touch, let people know kind of what's going on, and certainly promote uh, all the work that we're doing with Sports Spectrum as well. Um, you mentioned the new book. We're in the process of writing that now. Um, we finished our manuscript and it's with the editors. And I don't know when this podcast will air, but hopefully. The, the goal is to have the, uh, the book out by the fall, late fall of 2017. Awesome. Um, we don't have a date yet on that, um, but once we do, I'll let everybody know. And, um, you know, certainly we're, our hope is to, to have as many people read the story. The book is about forgiveness. It has nothing to do with the SPN. Uh, right now, the working title is called Live to Forgive, uh, which we hope will be the actual title as well for the book. And the, the idea is painting the word forgiveness and the concept of forgiveness through the lens of my personal story and my personal relationship with my own dad, who, um, who is an alcoholic, who has suffered from depression, who um, was not a, a very good model of what a dad should look like uh, for myself growing up and my two brothers. And it's a very real and raw book uh, as far as the story goes of what life was like growing up with a dad who wanted to be around, but he could not properly put into play how to be available to his kids and also how to, how to stay away from the bottle. And um, it was a very rough, difficult early process to put this book together. Uh, because it's very personal and it's stories I've never told a lot of people. It's stories that I've never had even thought of for the last 15, 20 years. But it's not just my story. It's also there's a lot of application in there and a lot of things uh, about forgiveness that the Bible says, about the forgiveness that other writers and people who have um, written on this topic have to say. So my encouragement with this book and the hope with this book is to just help other people. I don't want to write a book, Mike. I've never thought about writing a book. My desire was never to write a book, certainly to write a book about my own life or my own stories. But the more I've shared when I've spoken 
when I preached at my church at other churches and I've spoken on forgiveness and seeing the reaction from people crying, going through difficult relationships, struggling with forgiveness, struggling with the idea of letting go, of moving on, of, of forgiving someone for being wronged or not allowing somebody to forgive them because they've, they've wronged them. Uh, it's really, it's really powerful and it was powerful. And that's the reason I, I decided to write this book was because I saw the impact my story had on the few people that heard it. And I said, listen, God, all right, what do you want to do with this? And it led to writing a book and hopefully this book can encourage and help others in their walk and their relationships with maybe somebody that they're struggling with. So I'm excited for it. I have, again, I have no idea how it's going to do. And my hope is if one person reads it and is impacted by it, then it was worth it. So. Absolutely. You know, there's a little phrase we use a lot here at North Star when I speak and the phrase is that which is most personal is most universal. And it's yeah. true. And, and when you open up that part of you and you share that when you're speaking, people resonate with it because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something they've walked through. So I cannot wait to get my hands on that. We'll definitely keep people posted. Well, Jason, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. And we can't wait to keep listening in on Sports Spectrum. And thanks for being with us today, buddy. Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And hopefully someday we'll meet in person. It's been an awesome time talking to you. I hope you enjoyed my meeting with Jason. What a guy. And what a journey he has been on. I think I've learned one lesson uh, in all my years in ministry and working with leaders and pastoring, and it's this. It's easier to talk about faith and preach about faith than it is to live faith. And Jason's certainly in the middle of living that faith journey, leaving an incredible career now to step out and make a difference another way. If you've not listened into his Sports Spectrum podcast, do yourself a favor, go over and listen to him. He puts them out every week, and some of his interviews with these athletes are absolutely amazing as we hear about their triumphs and we hear about their tragedies and their stories of everything in between. I promise you, you'll be blessed for doing it. Well, next month on Lynch with a Leader, we get to sit down with legendary University of Georgia football coach Vince Dooley and talk about his legacy, not only that he's left, but he's still leaving today. I can't wait to have you join me again next month on Lynch with a Leader. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.